compare you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. Ooh, the more I get of you, the stranger it feels, yeah. Now that your rose is in bloom, a light hits the gloom on the grave. So what I missed. After so what I missed. Yeah, that's the name of the podcast. This is so what I miss, and what we do is we like to watch shows to show how little we know about the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We start with the finale of shows we've never seen in our lives, and we review the entire show basically just based off that. We start from the end, and very, very rarely do we ever go back to see another one. Because there are too damn many shows. Way know? too many. Everyone's like, oh, you have to see this show. And then you look at it. I have to spend several hours of my life on this show, Karen at work, who I talk to sometimes, really. I feel like as a kid, um, I'm granted we were kids, but uh, first of all, let's introduce ourselves. First of all, we have, to my right. Hi, I'm Cha-Cha. Directly across from me. Hi, I'm Cha-Cha too. And I'm Francesca Corleone. <laughs> and anyway, uh, Francesca too. You're a bit older than us. I'm sure you can imagine. Like, back then, did everyone go on and on and on about, you have to see this show? It seems like now, the more shows there are, the more streaming, everybody is telling you every single day, whether it's social media or anyway, but you have to see this show. Well, no, I mean, I don't think that that's true. I think that way back in the day, there weren't as many to watch. Not many channels. And then, like, everybody just kind of gravitated towards whatever was popular. And usually, if there was a good show on, everyone else had watching it too yeah that's why shows back then had 15 million viewers sometimes you know? I don't appreciate the ageism by the way I'm, not, I'm just trying to put it on context just trying to put it on context I just want to make sure you understand where we're standing here what episode are we doing and what show are we doing today we are doing Gotham which is a Batman spinoff show on Fox it had five seasons which is more than I thought it would have and um I guess to start out with Gotham we're starting with there's this young man who is young Bruce Wayne and he is in this place it's like it's like a holocaust apartheid Africa slash the the beginning scene of the Titanic like and he's riding back to his butler Alfred when you say the beginning scene of the Titanic do you just mean the movie Titanic yeah like shipyard okay. it's okay. like it's, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's holocaust apartheid Russia Titanic shipyard and um He's all like, well, I will return when Gotham needs me, basically. And ten years later is when we actually begin our episode. And we have no earthly idea of how old he was when he left or how old was he is when he came back. He looked pretty young. Yeah. I mean, in the apartheid Holocaust Russia scene. That pretty young is what? Like, 19, 20? Yeah, he looks like, yeah. Like, early? This is like, obviously, this is like... Batman Begins. So, like, you know, I guess they would have to be. Though, again, calling this a spin-off of Batman is kind of weird, because it's, it's Batman, but it's like most comic books, you have the Elseworld stories where you can kind of tweak with things and fuck with things, and as, like, a Batman super fan, I never watched this show, because all of my other fellow dorks for this shit, like, always told me, eh. I had a couple friends who liked it, but for the m most part, they didn't like the way the story was kind of changed around so 
I can watch the show and without knowing much kind of pick up on who the characters are kind of sometimes I had it wrong like I thought the Riddler was definitely Jonathan Crane whoops I thought he was the Riddler immediately and the reason why is because he's just doing Jim Carrey's Riddler we meet him in the like crazy people jail yep what do they call that Asylum yeah. Arkham Asylum Ar- yeah Arkham we meet him in Arkham Asylum he's acting really weird he looks like Jim Carrey he's acting like Jim Carrey I, I didn't know if this is dumber and dumber or if it's just Jim Carrey's the Riddler well not only does he look like Jim Carrey before he like snaps and kills uh, Ed Begley Jr. as boss in Batman Forever forever um, but like the way his mannerisms the way when he's first introduced he's talking to that cop and trying to read his paper and he's trying to play a tale, a tall tale about like, oh yeah, I knew Batman. I ran with Batman. Jim yeah, Carrey's, one time we saved the world. Remember that? Jim Carrey says some shit at the end of Batman Forever and flaps his little wings and says, I know who Batman is. I'm Batman. <laughs> so it makes sense that that's the Riddler. And there were a few little callbacks. Um, we'll get to it. There's the Joker. And after the first scene, the climax of the first scene in the asylum is Edward Nygma, the Riddler, stabbing what we will find out is definitely the Joker in the leg because he's comatose and he can't feel anything and it causes a some kind of shutdown of the prison. Well, yeah, it turned out he wasn't. Uh, spoilers? Is he not the Joker? No, that he wasn't. He was faking it. I didn't get that. I didn't pick that up. Yeah, he was faking it the entire time. Wait, who? What? The Joker. How was the Joker faking it? Like, he was just sitting there just... Th- oh, yeah, well, yeah, oh, he he yeah, yeah, no, okay. pretending, I thought you meant pretending to be He's the Joker. pretending to be not the Joker. <laughs> so, like, the Riddlers all, like, talk to these other uh, prison mate guys, um, and he's all like, oh, this guy, he's all in a wheelchair and stuff, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But really, he is the Joker, and he's just pretending to be in a wheelchair and stuff. I mean, he's in a wheelchair and acting comatose for a decade. What that is, um, just a little insider baseball talk, that's a reference to Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, which was where Batman disappeared for many, many years, and the Joker, while he was gone, said nothing, did nothing. The second he, he heard it on the news, a tear came to his eye, he snapped, and went on David Letterman and killed everybody in, in the audience, including David Letterman. <laughs> like, but that in the comics, that did happen to where he just blanked out until he knew he was back. So, so David Letterman's in the comics? Uh, they call him a different thing, but he has the gap tooth, and he, yeah, he kills David Letterman and uh, Paul and Paul Schaefer. <laughs> all right, so like the next thing, all right, so this show it takes place ten years after that first part where Bruce Wayne is a child in Holocaust apartheid Africa Titanic intro uh, land. There's a mountain. There's a mountain and a lot of poor people. Um, so ten years later, we've got Commissioner Gordon with his mustache and his weird fucking accent. And he is trying to resign from his job. I also want to point out that I thought about it and I mentioned it when we were watching the episode the first time around. Not only does he shave his mustache after the, like that scene, his hair definitely goes from being grayer to being like much more blondish-brownish. Because there's definitely gray in the sides. Yeah, are we jumping in time? Like, it's hard for me to fucking get a grasp on time. He looked 20 years older. I'm expecting just the 10 years later thing every time we go 10 years. Um, I wonder if there was just a gap in filming or something. Anyway, Donald Logue is in this. Donald Logue of uh, Grounded for Life fame. Uh, He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Blade, which I've seen once. It was fine. Uh, And then we are introduced to the Selena Kyle character who is 
um, unfortunately, and points against it, not uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Got the yeah. got the crazy Michelle Pfeiffer blonde hair thing, doing the uh, 1996 Mission Impossible. Got to do the Matrix moves through the laser beams to get to the diamond. Yeah, it's very uh, like the Cameron Diaz Charlie Angels movies. And then she gets all the way to the diamond, and then she just rolls away. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff to get in because nobody's watching. And then at the end, she's going to roll back under she's, everything. Yeah, she's wearing, like, stripper boots and a cat suit, and she's, like, she's just going to, like, sort of, like, like army crawl on her butt across the room now. And, and people, yeah, people have to understand, like, what uh, Cha-Cha 2 is talking about. Like, they were so lazy that they filmed this dramatic thing of her doing all of these, like, like, like grounded parkour moves essentially through the things and once she has the diamond she literally gets on her stomach and rolls like she's on fire but very slowly under the other side of it why the one side of it was so easy and the other side again i think that comes down to yeah what were we going to do just film it twice no they should have or just cut away just cut away and let us assume that she had to do all the crazy shit we didn't have to see her awkwardly like i, know, I thought it was funny it's funny. I don't think it's supposed to be. <laughs> this show is not very humorous, like, at all. It, it isn't? No. But this that's show. like when, you know, you, you see the, the protagonist come in and they do all this stuff, like, all this crazy stuff to get through all these lasers, and then at the end, they just take a zip line up out of the room, like, straight up <laughs> out of the room. It's kind of like, well, uh, you, you could have done that from the beginning. You could have yeah. just jumped, dropped in. If we got zip lines, you can just kind of, like, just do like, whatever. Like, like they attach themselves to a rope and they're lifted out of the room. It's like, uh. That's some Batman shit for real. Yeah. yeah that's definitely some Batman shit. All right, so, all right, so this is a show. This is a prequel about Commissioner Gordon, who sometimes has a mustache and sometimes does not. But he always kind of talks really weird. Like, he always kind of talks like, ah, right, see, I'm trying to resign right now, huh? Like, what time period is this supposed to take place in? I think that's the thing about a lot of Batman stories, is that you're not really supposed to be able to tell what the time period is. If you watch, like, Tim Burton's movie, Prince is blaring from every fucking speaker, but the movie looks like it was, it's like 1930s. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really heavy 1920s, 1930s, kind of depression, right before, right after. And then Batman Returns, which we talked about a lot, it's very gothic and looks very German in, like, again, the 1920s and 30s. But they go to a big party where, like, Selena Kyle comes down the stairs and there's an instrumental of Super Freak playing. <laughs> like, you're always in this weird, it's like an alternate universe. Like, they're, they're, it's like it's like an Andre 3000's imagination or something. <laughs> you know, just like one of those pastiche of eras kind of thing. Well, Batman Forever is kind of like the video for, uh, the whole world loves me when we're like, like, I feel like if it was Andre 3000's, like, imagination, there'd be a tons, tons more color. Like there's like just black. Yeah, this show is very dark. Everything is dark, even like during the daytime. Like when we first go like ten years forward after the like apartheid Holocaust Russia scene with young Batman, um, there's like it's daytime in like the scene that they're laying out, but it's still fucking dark and everywhere is fucking dark. They're always in a parking lot or a fucking um, Some kind of abandoned uh, garage or warehouse. The same thing with, like, when we did the episode on, uh, what's it called? The Bikers. Oh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, they, they, they are always on, on, I'm always sitting on a milk crate 
on top of a warehouse or a parking garage. What was that one like titty warehouse they were like hanging out in? Where they're just like, the booty hey, warehouse. The booty warehouse. That's what it was. <laughs> it was just a warehouse that where they were filming like booty torture. Yeah. Of I don't even think they were torture. It was just like booty twerking and like American like twerking panties. On the guy's face. Yeah. yeah. Very special like massage table specifically for face twerking. Can you believe, by the way, just as a, a side note, can you believe that there's a, a, a spinoff of that show coming out that we're eventually, someday, going to have to watch the end of? When? <laughs> what? People still care? There's the a spinoff hat, the yeah, Mayans, the yeah. Mayans. Yep. Oh, wow. So that's a thing. That I guess is... and all the Irish are dead. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they're probably going to tell the st- same story from a different direction. Maybe shift forward a little bit. All right, so who kills themselves? And the what? Cops? There's a person that kills himself in the show. The cop. The cop. Why yeah. does he kill himself? I feel like his Joker makes him. Oh yeah. The right. cop. The cop. So is Joker m- comes back. The cop kills himself in some sort of um, half-baked scheme to frame Harvey Bullock, who the cops already know is like kind of dirty and in on some nefarious shit. And that's Donald Logue. That's Donald Logue. He used to be a dad in Grounded for Life. Uh huh. He was also, he played the Irishman in Law and Order Special Victims Unit, which when the blonde cop, when she went, okay, the blonde cop was a gambler and she was relapsing on her gambling and started going to this underground gambling thing. And there was a guy who had an Irish accent that she owed a lot of money to and she had to do sexual favors for, but then it turns out he's an underground cop and now she's underground with him and then she gets pregnant. What show is this? Law and Order Special Victims. Does that happened on SVU. Yeah, I don't. It's just like yeah. later SVU. Yeah, this is like modern modern SUV, SUV. Yeah, she, oh yeah, everyone's done it. Modern SUV. Modern sports utility vehicle. Cops <laughs> is fucking weird. It's a weird show. It had to be. You, when a show like that lasts for as long as it has, which I mean, it's lasted. It's outlasted every other uh, Law and Order. It's going to, into crazy, like, Grey's Anatomy-ish places. The longer it yeah, goes, the more it's going to. Also, wanted to bring up, because we had been talking about it yet again while we were watching the episode. Commissioner Gordon, Jim Gordon, actor's name is Ben Wishaw. He was in the OC and that, a television actor. But in doing that little bit of research, I literally just did, come to find out, he also was, he did a voice for the Batman Year One animated film, and he voiced Batman. So he's gotten to play Batman and Commissioner Gordon in some kind of Batman media. So I mean, like, I guess they did kind of try and tie it into the older ones. Yeah. You know, so they, like bring a little bit of the older, older stuff in, like kind of create a little bit of continuity. Yeah, and it's like with uh, not to jump too far ahead, but uh, just in case I forget to mention it, when the Joker has the scene in the uh, where you know asking like, what, what should we call you? And he doesn't want to be called as what, what was his actual Adrian? Jonathan or something. He, no, yeah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a yeah. wolf, bro. That's and, his name. And he says, uh, you can call me Jack. No. And Jack was yeah. Jack He Napier. even says, says it like, you can call me Jack. Ah. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> like, you get it. You get it. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm Jack Nicholson. Ah. Uh, not as cool as like that, that Riddler's Jim Carrey impersonation. I gotta say, like, I was sold on that. I mean, he could have been a bit more masky, if you're asking me, but it was okay. And you can't say who you are. Like, you can't be like, can't be like deep in, I am the Riddler. And yet, when he did that, that was actually more... The dialogue in this show, let's go ahead and get that out of the way, not good. The dialogue is hammy in all of the not good comic book ways. It's just like, I've seen Fox shows that are better than this. And I knew people who really loved this show. Like, one of my roommates, like, once he got... Once he started... He couldn't stop watching the show. Like, he watched it every night. I had to hear it behind my head. 
Well, to be fair, we are just watching the finale, and you know, it might be kind of cool to keep up with, you know, how it develops. There's only so much time in the day, you know. Yeah, it I feels mean? like a soap opera a little it, bit. It does. I'm, I'm not feeling that. And I like drama. I love, I love me some good soapy stuff. Like we were looking at the list of, different, we were going to originally watch. Jane the Virgin? Yeah, we were trying to watch Jane the Virgin on Hulu, but for some reason the finale ain't fucking there, Hulu. <laughs> so we were going down things, and then before we found this, we were thinking other things, and I was like, oh yeah, give us something just really trashy and like, that's like, again, soapy, but like, dirty soapy. Like one of those like... I want to get dirty and yeah. then soapy. Yeah, I want to get dirty <laughs> and then get clean. But we eventually stumbled upon this, and again, like... I, I can kind of show Splane in as much as I know these Batman characters, but I have no idea what any of this is happening, like what's happening in this show. I don't know who these actors are playing up to a point. Like, I didn't know the Alfred guy was Alfred. Again, I just... Oh, I knew it immediately because, all right, A, he's wearing a tailcoat at a crime scene. <laughs> he's wearing a tailcoat at a crime scene. He's, he, for some reason, shows up to crime scenes. And, like, the cop guy or whatever is just like, oh, Alfred, this is what's going on. See, I didn't know where he... I didn't, like, when they were at that original crime scene where he showed up the first time, I thought that was, like, a party that that guy was throwing. Because he, like, he had the tails or whatever, but his front looked like it was a party that he was throwing for himself. He didn't look like a meek and humble millionaire's butler. Are you calling him uppity? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Michael Michael Caine, he was not. Um, The the penguin here is a lot different than I expected him to look. I knew that this actor, like, played a younger one, but I I didn't know that the uh, finale would be a 10-year jump type thing where you get to see this guy older. And he looks like a good penguin. He's not Danny DeVito. He's not trying to, you know, get some pussy, as Danny DeVito said in that. Batman Returns. That's a that's minus one. Minus, yeah, be minus, minus one. one. This minus is one. yeah. That monocle stays in his eye pretty good when he's making facial expressions. How does that work? Has anyone ever worn a monocle? I've worn one, and it definitely didn't stay like that. Movie magic is a hell of a thing. Um, what do you think it is? Like spirit gum? Are they gluing it in? Yeah. Or did they get one of those makeup YouTubers to fit that special? Well, they watched the video. They, yeah, they watched, they watched the, the video. Tutorial. Yeah, yeah. The, the makeup person watched the tutorial. <laughs> but no, the penguin's costume. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not going to be the Danny DeVito. And honestly, penguin and the Riddler in this show are used just as kind of they would be used in like an episode of Scooby Doo movies, where like you just have like two villains who somehow get put together, and they eventually run into what they run into towards the end of the episode and they get to be caught together and is like, it like a buddy movie it's kind of that kind of well like, i feel like the penguins developed enough at this point to the point to where it seems like he might have been the bad guy for most of the i think he was i think he was i think he was like it like, feels like that like it feels like he's been the bad guy mm-hmm. and now we're seeing other people start to transition in at the end while they're wrapping it i don't know uh if this was a planned finishing or if this was a cancellation, it's probably a cancellation. It feels rushed. It does. It feels a little rushed. The fact that you have, again, you're able to, you're immediately jumping 10 years in time, and then you have the Penguin and the Riddler and like their full costume regalia teaming up, and then you have like full Joker scene later, and then, you know, the, again, the reveal at the end of the show, it just, yeah, it feels like something that just, well, we gotta hit all the points. Yeah, we gotta show who the Joker is, we gotta show who Batman is. Because I remember that was like a thing. Like, I remember seeing, reading other people's stuff, talking about it, 
and them saying like I think this is person suffered. No, I think this person. Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, and I assumed that it was that that actor. I mean, again, I don't know his name, but I've seen him uh, pop up. His his face is a little weird. It's a little creepy. I like it. Which uh, guy? The guy who plays the Joker in the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he's in a wheelchair, and then he's not, and he's actually the Joker. And it's interesting because of all the origin stories, they also use the dropped him in a vat of acid origin story. Yeah, which is to... it's classic. Yeah. You know, it's as far as Joker goes, I I do like the idea of changing things with a lot of this comic mythology because it's all it's just the point of it. You know, Batman can be whatever you want it to be. Any of these characters can be. And then... I read somewhere that like they kind of like a lot of the they they. I was reading something about the Joker's origin, and they said, like, kind of keeping it vague was, like, has traditionally been the goal. Like, not having, like, a clear set, this is how the Joker came about. I feel like the Joker is kind of, like, one of those weird PTSD cases, and that's kind of his purpose, is he's just, just the base root of, he's just all of this, like, bundle of withering trauma that's kind of projected outward in like this destructive and chaotic way. Like most villains, I think in pop culture, uh, the ones that are the best, in my opinion, are the ones you know the less about. Like the sh- the Joker in like the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, he's like the shark in Jaws. There is no answer. He shows up. He even has his little like special theme that plays when he shows up, and you know like oh fuck, someone's about to die, and then he's gone. It's like a horror movie. The less you know about Michael Myers or any of these characters or Darth Vader. Once you humanize it, it's like, oh fuck! Now I feel bad about it. Like you don't know why he's doing what he's doing. There's not really a, a, an explanation. You can, it's left so much of it's left to you that somewhere in the back of your head you're saying, okay, well this is it and that's it. But I mean, like the fact that it's the like there's that much of a suspension yeah. of belief that like they're giving you that much room to kind of you come up with it and they're saying, okay, well this part will give to you. But this is what he's doing. What well, was it in um, Harry Potter? There was some weird like monster in the closet that when it came out, it would fill in with whatever your fears were. Oh yeah, the uh, it was the defense against the dark arts in the third movie. Mm-hmm. If you thought of if you were afraid of like a big jack in the box with a spider head, that's what would like crawl out of the thing. You and know? that's the fear you have to face when you face that creature. And you know, I remember the the portly kid was afraid of. Um, Alan Rickman. <laughs> but I will say one more thing about the Joker, like, origins and like, how it changes. It's like, even in, like, again, The Dark Knight, he would tell that same story, but a different version of the story. Well, I come from this background with my drunken father or my wife, who was a gambler. Or, like, you know, there's, just like, there's a, a line in the comics uh, from The Killing Joke where the Joker says, if I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice. And that's, like... Oh my gosh. This reminds me of a really heavy story, actually. Um, when I was living in New Orleans for a while, I was living with my boyfriend who I worked with at IHOP, and also this other guy, this older guy who we both worked with at IHOP, and this is when I was like 19. And we were living in this apartment in New Orleans. It was on top of a crack house that was on top of a laundromat. And the guy that we were staying with, it's like he would go on these reveries, these like drunk reveries, like the tiny card table, kitchen table in the fucking kitchen, like right outside my bedroom. And he would start going into like the Joker monologue. 
and he but he would combine it with his weird fucked up Katrina stories and Angola prison stories. Whoa. And he would be like, like, what does he say? Like, like, why so serious? Yeah. And then like eight guys raped me, and then blah blah blah, and then he'd go back into the Joker voice. Like, sitting at the table by himself, and then he would go into, like, you know, dead bodies floating down the water or whatever. Was he's, this, he's the best Joker. Was he intoxicated when he was doing this, or was it, like, his normal mode? He's crazy. Okay. And I mean, he's yeah. intoxicated. Okay. He was, like, this guy in, like, his 40s who had been to Angola because he punched a police officer uh, in the face so hard the dude had to relearn how to speak. Yeah, this was a bad situation. One time I hid in a laundry basket because he was going on one of these things. But anyway, I think he's the best Joker, hands down. My favorite Joker. I'd like to watch a video of him but be nowhere near him ever. Because that sounds like all bad. So the next thing that happens. Um, Commissioner Gordon gets kidnapped by the Penguin because the Penguin got out of prison. Mm -hmm. And he takes him to that same place in all the Law and Orders where it's like in New York where you find the, the body parts. The body part harbor. It's where you find everything in Law and Order. There's always that like abandoned thing, and it's like mm-hmm. it, you usually find it in the beginning because the kids back there spray painting, they're skateboarding behind the building, and then they they trip over the the leg. The leg, like, just the leg. Yeah, or it's a leg bone that they trip over. Yes. Like, what the hell is that, man? And then you know, then you see uh, uh, Ice T comes up and you hear donk donk. Boom boom. Boom 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 boom. Anyway, Batman. So the next thing, all right. How did how did Gore, how did I was calling him Professor Gordon? How did Commissioner Gordon? How did he get out of the situation with he, the penguin? He jumped in the water. He jumped. Did he swim away? And the penguins started shooting at him. And yep. dove in the water. Yep. And he got away. And then, I mean, there's definitely, there's a point in the episode where they end up at a gala. The, the, the banquet. The, okay, yeah. in these things, there's always a banquet. Seriously, like, in there, all of It's these a banquet that is also a architecture party because they're looking at a building. Oh, I forgot. Buildings are really important. Alright, so someone is building a building that's going to be bigger than another building. And there's this very, I think, Trumpian capitalism vibe to right. this whole thing. That's the thing about to the, Gotham. The, the, the Waynes. I mean, that's like... Well, they're like king capitalists. But they're also like... And a lot of the times, you know, the Waynes are seen as like the entrepreneur of the... They're the entrepreneur family of the ultra rich like they are the the playboy family of the city you have to go a million miles without knowing the name do you yeah. think the waynes are like the trumps in a way yeah but they're or like not... better are they more like no. the coach brothers they're not presented like trumps <laughs> they're not no, i mean like they're like this stereotype that doesn't really exist like the, yeah the the benel the benevolent ultra capitalist that just goes out of their way to kind of donate crazy amounts of money to all of these all of these different things. I guess closer to maybe the Gates is... Sure. Probably but closer because they family. don't have a lot of money. And they're also inventors. Yeah, so probably yeah. close to the Gates. Is. Yeah. Who is that oil family? Rockefellers? Is that them? No, that's... Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, they donated a ton of money. No, oil. I'm talking about oil family. Oil. No. I don't see that one. The Beverly Hillbillies. (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate oil family. That was as good of an answer as I could possibly give. 
All right, so anyway, so while this banquet is going on, there's some nefarious shit going on as well, in addition to. Um, the Joker, no, the Joker, the Riddler, is downstairs with that dude tied up. A dude who also shows up in Law & Order as a defense attorney from time to time. He's the mayor. The He's mayor. The mayor in the show. Yeah. Yeah. The mayor of Gotham is tied up, not in a sexy way. This is not what he asked for on Tinder. He's tied up by the Riddler. He's not just busy, like, tied up either. And while that's going on, uh, there is a bomb under the table that's displaying the architecture shit at the banquet. So, you should never trust a fucking banquet. Like, how can these people think that they deserve to have fun? Which goes back to the beginning when Commissioner Gordon was trying to resign. They're like, you can't resign because we've got this big project that we need you on as far as Bruce Wayne coming back after 10 years. And there's a building that's going to be built. And you have to be there for, like, the ribbon cutting for some reason. Yeah, Isn't that some shit when you try to quit your job? I feel like they needed him around because they maybe expected some shit to go down. Because there's no reason why you just need a commissioner there or a, a certain guy there to oversee them unveiling a building. It doesn't make any sense. Well, whatsoever. no, it actually kind of does now because it's like, like the it's like one of those ceremonial. Things. Okay, like a okay. Like so you, like you, that's why that's like like he wouldn't be walking the beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he'd be like, but ceremonial type things he'd be like. Usually there in front, like standing there with in the dress suit, looking all nice and neat. And they were like, "Well, you, also you Penguin can't retire. is out. Penguin is out. The Riddler is out. So it seems like these bad guys have all been really active." Well, Penguin just got out, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just got out, and the Riddler broke was broken out. Well, no, because at the beginning, remember he stabbed. He stabbed the Joker in and, the or the not. He was in yeah. like. I think somebody broke him out. Yeah, because he was just in police custody as we're watching the show back, and then the other cop pushed, punch, I guess it was a fake cop, punched the other cop, and then I guess somehow the Riddler got through there. Yeah, now he's out, so now he's hanging out with, with Penguin, who just got out. And I think Penguin paid the other cop off. Yeah. they're like sitting in the car together okay. after this. I think this says so much about prisoner recidivism rates. You know, they just get out and they... They're forced by society to commit the same fucking crimes. And now Bruce Wayne's back. I love Shawshank. <laughs> They're just Shawshanking their way across town. So anyway, so there's this bomb under the table at the architecture banquet. And they're like, what do we do? So it's a classic scene. This is full of nothing but cliches. You know, we've got the, we've got the, the woman's going to crawl under the laser beams and do somersaults to get to the thingy that she's trying to take. That's like, that was never explained, I don't believe, unless I'm fucked up. And now we're dealing with the whole, how are we going to deconstruct this bomb? Okay, we're going to, okay, do we cut the blue wire or do we cut the red wire? And she cuts some wires, the clock freaks out. And she cuts some more wires and the clock freaks out some more. And then she cuts another wire and it's conveniently at like one second left. <sighs> Whew. I want to point out that I don't know if it was on purpose, but it's yet another Batman uh television or movie vehicle where they have the moment where you have to stop the bomb and and they have like the smartest woman in the world do it they did the same thing in batman and robin it was alicia silverstone as batgirl who had to she was the one who had to do it and she did it at the last moment in that movie it was a machine that was going to freeze the whole city didn't batman forever start with a weird bomb situation a weird we have to deactivate this thing before yep. something yep tommy lee jones with a bomb and a bank 
Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to work here at the bank. Why are you bombing me, Tommy Lee Jones? And it's like, ah, because it's part of the movie. It's my character. <laughs> it's what I do. Ah. It's pretty much verbatim. <laughs> this is literal. That was a clip, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Reading from the script. The one line from that I actually remember is that security guard screaming, saying, My shoes are melting! Because there was acid coming out of the vault in which he was locked in, and Tommy Lee Jones is just chewing up the scenery, overcompensating for the fact that he is not a man who's used to doing cartoon movies with, you know, prosthetic faces. <laughs> that sad Texas man is like, I'm the fugitive. I mean, you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working, I do the fugitive, I do cowboy I movies. loved him in that. I thought that was an amazing performance. In I what? Mean, well, Batman Forever? Yeah. I, I mean, I love that shit. I owned that VHS at a very formative time in my early childhood. So it's like, that's my Batman. When people talk about who's your Batman, I know a lot of people love Michael Keaton. A lot of people love the new Batman. Nobody loves Ben Affleck. I, mean, I like Ben. He's fine. <laughs> but Batman Forever is, I mean, that's that was the movie that I watched again and again. I'll tell you, Batman Forever was the first movie that I can remember being like legitimately just stoked for. Getting like the little magazines that like that came, they were by the, the checkout going to see that movie the day it came out with my dad. Like, I remember that very vividly. So, yeah, I always have a soft spot for Mike, for um, Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell and that whole thing. It's colorful. and that's hey, Chris O'Donnell, oh, my gosh, such a babe. Dude, that soundtrack oh, kicked ass, boyfriend. too. That soundtrack's so Ooh. good. Boyfriend? Yeah, Drew dude, Bar that was, like, such an early fucking crush. Drew Barrymore was, like, an early fucking crush in that movie. Because she's, like, yeah, she's barely she in it. She was just, like, a side hoe. Yeah, she was. There was uh, Sugar and Spice. Nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. She was Sugar. Which is kind of Spice Girl, you know, before Spice Girls. <laughs> spice of your life. Girl, Paula! So, what is uh, with the Riddler's, like, Matrix-ass look slash Hot Topic-ass look of fucking spiky hair he looks like he looks like the guy that sat in front of me in math class when i was in like fourth grade in like the early 2000s he reminds me of like my buddy who worked at hot topic for years who like eventually cut his hair and then looked pretty much exactly like that glasses and all like kind of long face bird face super in tool super into like... and also literally doing a jim carrey impersonation in yeah, this we... case like quite literally I do think he was most Jim Carrey when he had the longer hair, though. I didn't really see it so much when he had the shorter when hair. When he was in the asylum? Yeah, when he's in the asylum, it was, like, the most Jim Maybe Carrey. when he takes his medication, he acts more like Jim Carrey. And then when he gets off of it, he acts more like like, like the Matrix Hot Topic Riddler. Yeah, not yet. Number 23 Jim Carrey, though. Not, like, the Riddler Jim Carrey. <laughs> like, dumber-er-er-er and dumber-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-er-
Yeah. He doesn't know who he is anymore. He's had a transformation. Uh, so at this moment, while Gordon and Donald are beating up the cop in the parking garage, and uh, the butler is for some reason hanging out at a crime scene, um, Penguin and Joker are in the back of a limo that crashes, and then they hop out, and they're like, ha And... And why does it crash? Uh, why does it... Sh- I don't remember. It crashes because Batman, who you don't see, uh, completely envelops the thing in a cape, and then the guy crashes into the wall, and then when they get out, they're like, ah! And Batman is, I guess, staring them down from a building, and then the next time you see them, they're all strung up from a post. Which is kind of messed up, because that driver didn't do anything. He's fired. Bad Yelp review. Well, I mean, like, he was just driving. Like, yeah, I get it's the penguin and the Riddler, but... I mean, he was you, their driver. You yeah. run the driver into the wall just because. He probably didn't die. But still, you don't run him into a wall. I mean... There's really no guarantee that he didn't die. I'm pretty sure Batman actually kills somebody in this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of collateral damage. But you know what? It doesn't matter because... Uh, white privilege... <laughs> I was unaware. You know? I was unaware. Speaking of white privilege, I was unaware that uh, the character of Harley Quinn had any character. I didn't know she was in this show at all. I'm only guessing that that's Harley Quinn. It has to be. Yeah, I'm thinking she just had like a really bad makeup day. It's not good. She's and like a mall girl, like a mall girl, but mall mall parking lot, not even like, inside the mall. She looks like a mall mom. Yeah. Like that hair is like Lita Ford, 1984, like Sunset Strip. And her makeup's very Motley Crue. Like, I feel like I've seen somebody looking like that. And I want to say it wasn't on purpose. Ooh, you know, she reminds me of, like, a girl that I would see if I went to, like, a head shop, like, you know, in, like, Tillman's Corner or something. Tillman's Corner, Alabama. Like, she just reminds me of, like, a parking lot creature. And she's really into, like, like, daddy dom little girl shit. And she's all like, daddy, she nicked me. She nicked me, daddy. Daddy. She's playing everywhere. She's like, oh, daddy, what do I do? What did I do? And uh, then he fucking shoots her in the face. Well, I think he shoots her in like the chest, and then she has blood that spurts out of her face in a very, very dramatic, very kind of ruins the show way. And look, and then there it is. That was so unnecessary. Yeah, and she's That's making this stupid face. Way. She's like, ah, bleeding out of my mouth. And then he's like, but I suppose there are some other fish in the sea. Ah. Uh, he kidnaps. Whose little girl is that? That is uh, J- that's Jim Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Okay, so he kidnaps Jim, C- Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Or I think, or, or that's Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And daughter's daughter. Granddaughter. He kidnapped the daughter of the daughter. Or something like that. Yeah, but traumatized the daughter. So he's just really like, just messing with him on a deep level. Um, and then he's going to take them to a warehouse where there's a bunch of, like, these green, like, Nickelodeon slime barrels. You're going to take them to the uh, chemical plant that he fell into the vat and turned into uh, where he, what he is now, which is yeah. becoming the Joker. Everyone, I think, in their life history has a chemical plant like that, you know, that really sticks out of their memories. When I was a young girl at the chemical plant, and it completely changed my course of life. <laughs> the chemical plant can be whatever you want it to be. So it's like a, it's not an actual place. It's more, more an idea. A state of mind. Yeah, it's like, yeah. That, yeah. I'm going to take you and tie you up in my chemical plant. So Gordon is like asking Barbara, he's like, all right, where did he take the girl? And she says, she doesn't even, she doesn't just say the chemical plant, 
which is what any of us would say. She says, where it all began or something. To the place where he was reborn or whatever. Like to the place, like as if he's like a born again Christian of the chemical plant. <laughs> like what church do you go to? I go to the chemical plant. Changed my life. <laughs> no, that is just another, um, another great example of now that you're putting emphasis on the dialogue. Yeah, that's really, that's, it's, it's dramatic for the sake of drama. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like when he first when he first approaches Jeremiah, who is the Joker at the chemical plant, and he's got his the daughter da- the daughter's daughter. Like and I don't even know this guy. Is sometimes Commissioner Gordon looks his age. Sometimes he looks like fucking five years old. But anyway, he's got his daughter's daughter like hung up like James Bond torture style over the chemical plant vat of Nickelodeon fluids, and he and then. Uh, Commissioner Gordon is all like, how long have you been pretending to be brain dead? And the Joker is like, how long have you been pretending to be brain dead, bitch? Good, good line. Yeah. Yeah. The, out of all the characters, it's not surprising that somehow in like the little, the smallest bit amount of time, it's probably down to the actor and the way he he portrayed it, but uh, the Casey Monaghan is the actor who played the Joker. He was in some other stuff. He was in Shameless, I think, as well. Um the we look is weird, but the costume's cool. He is better than Jared Leto, and he the way he kind of carries his body is interesting. The problem is that when his dialogue's the best, it's not saying much because the majority of his dialogue, again, is just kind of. It's, it's not, like filler. It's like. It's not what it's about. Paint in the numbers. Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah, it's paint by numbers. That's really what this show is like. It's. It appeals, and it, it appealed, that's why it lasted as long as it did, to, like, a baseline of people who know Batman. We like the Batman movies. We'll watch Batman on our TV show. They've tried this before. And they never, ever actually put Batman in these shows. It's always Birds of Prey or something like that. And they got away with, you know, doing, like, you know, a good ten seconds of Batman in this show at the end. But I guess people liked it. I guess they did. Um... Speaking of Jared Leto, I want to tell you about my dream about Jared Leto. Anyway, so I had this dream that I was at a waterfall, and I come upon Jared Leto, like, slightly younger Jared Leto. And so I figure, I guess, all right, I'm going to lose a dream. I'm at a waterfall. Jared Leto's here. I'm going to have sex with Jared Leto. So I tried to have sex with Jared Leto, but his penis was too small, and then I felt bad. I didn't want to just leave him hanging, so I jacked him off into the waterfall. And that's my dream about Jared Leto. Do you remember how long it took him to finish? Probably pretty quickly because it was a lucid dream, you know. Probably pretty quickly. I probably wanted to move on in my waterfall adventures because I could fly and stuff, you know. It's a lucid dream. <laughs> I got other shit to do, you know. But it's like I don't want to leave a I don't want to leave a bro hanging. I love that. I love that in your lucid dream, it's as wonderful as flying and waterfalls, mm-hmm. but also uh, younger Jared Leto. I can't mi- control who I run a, into. Yeah, with a microcock. Yeah, I mean, I can't control what his dick looks like. I can just control what I do in the dream. So next we're on top of another parking garage and on these shows we're always at a parking garage or a warehouse or we're at the water where the prostitute's body's found in the harbor. Uh, Donald Logue from Grounded for Life is there and um, there's this big, it's the bat signal but it doesn't have the bat signal on it yet. Yes. And I guess Bruce Wayne is back. And this is kind of Alfred looking more like Alfred, I would think Alfred would look in like the, the, just the traditional tie, kind of explaining that 
well, Master Wayne's been busy, but he'll see you in a bit. And he's like, well, he's been busy a lot since he came back. What the fuck is he doing? Well, he's already got a girlfriend, doesn't he? Batman just came back and he's got his girlfriend. Who's his girlfriend? Selena, Selena Kyle. Kyle. Well, yeah. you know, they're kind of back of it. This is the scene right here. They're We're, on top of another parking garage. Well, they always had a love-hate relationship because yeah. she's a she's a, crim, a criminal and she's a crip and he's a blood. She's a crip and he's a blood. You know. And she's a SoundCloud rapper and he's Donald Trump. Uh, he's so East Coast and she's so West Coast. She's all like, "Well, I want to protect you," and she's all like, "I don't want protection. I want you." And that's when he says that he'll never leave Gotham again. So this is kind of official when what, what we know as Batman sort of gets started, right? right? That's where it begins. Batman begins forever. And Robin. And returns. <laughs> Rises. Yes, again. Versus Superman. Dark. Dark, dark, dark. Dark. Um, so she wants him... Oh, and Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I like how little of Batman is in this, though. That's kind of nice. I mean, that's yeah. that was the whole point of the show. I think the only reason Batman was in any of this was because it was over. It was like and, a little bit of fan service. And yeah, you had to do that. You had to give them an episode where, okay, we're going to get to see these characters. Like, the again, the Riddler and the Penguin look like their comic book counterpart. You'll see the Joker kind of be more full Joker for like a... Again, really a combined, what, like three minutes of screen time? And Batman has uh, ten seconds, if that. A lot of swishes and inference. Yes, which you knew was going to happen, and you hoped that they would give you that last little, hmm, last little jolt of, like, fan service nerd-out bullshit before they took away your Gotham. So somehow, after the limo thing, uh, Penguin and the Riddler end up in the back of, like, a... A paddy wagon? With no guards watching them whatsoever. Of course not. And they just break the fuck out. This is some Epstein shit. It is. This you is... know? <laughs> I mean, billionaires, am I right? Yeah. So they're out, and they're, like, in the same kind of line of buildings where, like, Batman's parents got shot and where everything in the Batman universe happens when we're just walking around. Like, they just use this one aisle of buildings and you turn a corner. Every movie... Every yeah. movie has that, that like... That little dark alleyway. That dark alleyway. I mean, again, those Tim Burton ones, those first two, like, every building was the dark alleyway. Like, they were clearly sets, which kind of... I like movies like that, where you can kind of, like, it's clearly this is a set somewhere in a, in a soundstage. I yeah, like they're that. walking around. It's all the same, you know, warehouse, parking yeah. garage. I bet that's CGI behind them. There's no way that's anything but a green screen. So much of the TV shows these days, like... We're not going to go on the streets for this shit. I wish it wasn't so fucking dark. Like, when they finally do pull out the bat signal, I'm relieved because it's like someone finally turned a light bulb on in this darkness. And it's like, what the fuck am I paying for if the show's this fucking dark? But that's how it works. Like, it has to be, like, pitch black all around for the bat signal to actually bat signal. Yeah. That's true. But it also, like, Batman being dark makes sense because Batman in himself is a character of, like, darkness and shadows. When there's no Batman... What the fuck? You give me a little more daylight. And yeah. There may have been more on this show. Commissioner Gordon should have, like, Friends-style studio lighting, I think, for his thing. But, I mean, I'm just an old person who can't see. So, anyway, so they're they're setting up the bat signal, and then they finally see Batman, and someone is like, who is he? And Commissioner Gordon's like, oh, he's just a friend. And Commissioner Gordon's weird-ass accent that exists in no time in history, where he's, like, part gangster bank robber part 1940s like film 
like babe. I want to see where uh, the actor who played him, Ben Whishaw, is from. Because sometimes when those people try to do weird accents, it doesn't come through because they themselves have their a, own weirdness. A, a, a different accent. Like, in again, in those Christopher Nolan movies, there's a couple of scenes, or there's more than a couple, uh, where Gordon was Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman's British accent, like, oh. And they didn't even try. They were like, fuck it. Well, Gary Oldman, I mean, like, you have to, like, look hard to see him in the first place. Like, he sinks in the characters really easy. That's why he's one of the masters. Like, one of the masters. even if he, like, even if his accent's not dead on, like, you're like, who's that? Who gives a shit? Like, who, who is that? Who is, who is this Very few people could be Sid Vicious, Lee Harvey Oswald, Oh, God, I'm so Gordon. attracted to uh, his Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, yeah. Like, boyfriend... Him and then Robin from Batman and Robin. Don't, don't yeah, don't let my two boyfriends. Don't let Cha Cha and I get in our uh, J- JFK zone because boy, we can don't go, let me get my JFK don't, zone. Don't, don't let, let me get, get my JFK, JFK zone. zone. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. <laughs> um, yeah, oh God, we love that movie. I yeah, I haven't seen it. In a so while. much better than Gotham, which we just watched. Um, yeah, that quick review I can say off the top of my head, it was not the worst thing we've seen, and honestly, it was actually better uh, looking from a costume standpoint than I expected and I it was a nice like conglomeration of cliches and of course like Barbara Gordon had her great like Sally's beauty supply hair dye oh, job right out right out of the box mm-hmm, right out like she just did it just now and she's taking a MySpace photo like look guys I did my hair uh... and again there was just enough like fan service kind of like pat on the back thanks for watching for five years hope you enjoyed it I feel like it was kind of doomed to fail, though. Oh, yeah. Because like, it's telling the Batman story without Batman. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I feel like it's... I mean, like, you can try and prop other people in there, but Batman's there because they can't handle it, so... That's why I, I, I truly, like, I did not expect this show to last anywhere near as long. Like, I was surprised it was still on. When I first heard about it, I expected something grittier. And yeah. this wasn't gritty. This was very... This was just very Fox time it, it actually seemed a little dated it seemed kind of dated which is weird because i'm pretty sure it like just ended it just ended yeah it just ended recently after five seasons 2019 ladies and gentlemen it's very inoffensive on any level like again like they have like a couple shots of like blood spray on a wall or that girl who spits the blood out but the blood legitimately looks like kool-aid like it's no blood's ever looked like that. Well, I mean, like, I'm fi- I'm fi- I'm thinking it also is probably prom time. It's like prom time ish. So it is. They're not gonna. It is. It's crazy to me what a channel like the CW can get away with that Fox can't. Like I watched enough Vampire Diaries, and my God, that show is that's R-rated violence on the CW. Just R-rated decapitations. Looks good. Good gore. Like crazy. But then Fox is. Well, I mean, like they want it to look kinda. Like, they want it to look kind of off. Mm-hmm. Like, they want it to be... Like, you don't... They don't... They're not going all in with... They're not going, like... Like, snuff film. No, I don't you know want that. Like, don't need that. They're, they're, but no, there are ways to be gritty without being snuff film. If you look at the original, like, OG Law & Order, it's like, that shit... Those for, that first couple seasons, that was gritty. Like, you can be gritty, dark realism. And that's kind of what I was expecting from this show. You know what the first couple seasons of Law & Order also were, though? Especially the first couple seasons of SVU were fucking funny. Like, there's like, there's a lot of humor in SVU because, like, Richard Belzer was 
He's a comedian. Yeah. So he was yeah. kind of there just to crack the jokes and talk about the uh, different conspiracy theories he was into. And then, and like, when stuff got a little bit too intense, they could always kind of bring him in. Like, if they good. felt like like he was that kind of pressure valve for the entire. There was no humor in this show. It was gritty in a very, like, plastic way. Very, like, uh, hot topic action figure plastic smell to the whole thing. That's the thing. Like, I, it's not gritty. And I think, like, the way that they had those, again, those couple shots of, like, excessive blood for no good reason. And it didn't look very good. And it's, Daddy, I'm bleeding out of my mouth, Daddy. Yeah. Is this a new period that I just started, Daddy? And it's weird because if you go back and watch most of those Batman movies, other than like the penguin having like that black ooze coming out of his mouth, people get shot. There's no blood. There's really no blood in those Christopher Nolan movies. Like yeah. people get shot all the time and it's so just So many people fucking die. I wanna see a Batman that takes place in the time of YouTube when like people are filming all the people that get unnecessarily dead in these things. I think that's the beauty of, like, these kind of, like, uh, any sort of comic book or fantasy thing is that you can, if you don't want to have YouTube be a thing, YouTube's just not a thing. Yeah. You can set these movies whenever the fuck you it's want to. It's the 1940s, or... but it's also 1995. Exactly. Same time. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you can alter the definition. Like, I'm sure. Of, and I mean, like, a lot of comics is that. It's like, there's not, like, but even for Batman, there's not necessarily a set story. Mm-mm. And so, like, Parents at the died. end of the day, all that's really important, like, as far as any comic series, is whether or not the, the the readers engage with it. So you could take it, like, a completely different direction. And many people have, like, oh, yeah. they've had where, um, the one where Bruce died and the that. alternate reality where Bruce died and his dad was the bat. Oh, sure. And yeah. was, like, crazy vicious to everyone and, like, just doing, like, crazy stuff. Or like that Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. I love that fucking movie. That movie's really good, yeah. That movie's trippy as hell. So, I guess, in conclusion, it's like, I mean, it's cool that they did this shit with these ideas. I'm not gonna watch the show. Never. I'm not gonna watch it. I feel like the entire show pretty much would be, when's Batman showing up? And And I I don't think that five seasons worth of waiting for Batman to show up. And like, is Commissioner Gordon gonna keep his mustache or ain't he? Is he going to use this just for men and get rid of those gray shrieks? And those gray, very dignified shrieks, by the way. See? Hey. 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 hey, See? Don't forget about it. Hey. Hey. Whole Um, new man. New hairdo. New man. I think if a show, if you have a show that is predicated on and based on a character in which you do not actually include, you know that people are going to watch this in hopes of seeing eventually that character that in which the whole thing is based on in the first place. Who like went to Russia when he was ten? Yeah, I'm assuming. I, I I'm guessing that the whole show leads up into that moment where they do a jump cut. It has to be right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if this like if I guess the last episode is the ten years later episode. That wasn't right. like a ten years later season. It's just like the postscript. Like they're like, okay, we're gonna dive really deep in all this. And then now we're gonna show you the end. It's an epilogue. Yeah, like yeah. You know. An epilogue to a because this is a prequel, so it's an epilogue to a prequel. That's that's too much. Uh, yeah, I can't time hop like that. No, and I honestly like, I never heard enough. I never heard enough about this show that was positive from people who I thought would actually give it a go and like not just be immediately negative. 
I feel like I only hear about the show if I'm in the doctor's office and there's an old entertainment weekly. You know, like, that's what this is. And that's kind of one of the problems of TV, as we were talking about earlier, is that there's just, like, too much fucking shit on. And there are too many people working on shit. And, um, yeah, bye-bye Gotham. Yeah, this was... Yeah, again, I wasn't ever going to watch it. And I'm glad that I got to experience this with friends and got to talk about it and digest it. And now it's gone. And now I have to pee, so y'all should follow us at S W I D M Podcast on SoundCloud and Instagram. Instagram and Twitter, and Twitter especially. especially Twitter. Yeah, we're most active on Twitter. Yeah. There used to be a grand tower alone on the sea. You became the light on the dark side of me. Love remained a drug that's the high and not the pill. Would you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can be seen? To a kiss from a rose on the grave Ooh, the more I give you The stranger it feels, yeah Now that your rose is in bloom A light hits the gloom on the grave tell you so much he can say you remain my pal